Dr. Baliga here. This podcast is on artificial intelligence for the clinician, a primer. For starters, I'd like to recommend two books, Deep Medicine by Dr. Eric Topol, MD, who is a faculty cardiologist at Scripps Clinic. And the second is a machine intelligence primer for clinicians by Alexander Scarlett, MD, who is both a computer scientist and a clinician at Stanford University. The new adage is that artificial intelligence will not replace clinicians, but it will replace clinicians who don't embrace artificial intelligence techniques. Machine learning was originally described as a program that learns to perform a task or make a decision automatically from data rather than having the behavior explicitly programmed. However, this is a very broad definition and could cover nearly any form of data-driven approach. Understanding artificial intelligence requires knowing about what is known as the machine learning spectrum. This spectrum is described in a JAMA article titled Big Data and Machine Learning in Healthcare, authored by Dr. Andrew L. Beam and Dr. Isaac Cohen, both working at Harvard Medical School in Boston. This machine learning spectrum spans from human effort on one end to increasingly complex computer-driven programs. And the spectrum, starting from human decision-making, becomes more complex when regression analysis is involved. The next step of complexity includes random forests, then on to convolutional neural networks, and finally to prototypic algorithm, for example, generative adversarial networks. Examples of human decision-making include clinical wisdom. Examples of regression analysis includes development of risk calculators like the CHADS-2 VASC score, the MELD end-stage liver disease risk score, and the Framingham cardiovascular risk score. Regression analysis has also been used in randomized clinical trials. It's also been utilized by early stage expert AI systems, such as Mycin in 1975, Casnet in 1982, and DXplain in 1986. Random forests are more complex computer techniques, which has been used to uh, profile diffuse large B-cell lymphoma outcomes by gene expression profiling in 2002. It's been utilized in EHR-based cardiovascular risk prediction in 2017 and used by the Netflix prize winner in 2006. The Google search technique in 1998 and the Amazon product recommendation computer technique in 2003 used a complexity between regression analysis and random forests. The next layer of complexity is convolutional neural networks and has been utilized in ATM check readers in 1998, used by Google to assess diabetic retinopathy in 2016. It's used by ImageNet computer vision models between 2012 and 2017. It's used by the Google AlphaGo in 2015. 
It has been used by Facebook photo tagger in 2015 and a complexity between random forests and convolutional neural networks has been used to predict one-year all-cause mortality in 2017. The next layer of complexity is prototypic algorithms or generative adversarial networks and the Google AlphaGo Zero project in 2017 used a complexity in between convolutional neural networks and generative adversarial networks. In traditional statistics, an input and some rules provides back an output. While in machine learning model, there are two steps. The first step, the model learns the rules. And the second step, the model predicts the output. In the first step where the model learns the rules, we feed the machine learning an input and the output, and the machine learning model learns the rules. This learning phase is also called training or model fit. In the second step, machine learning uses these rules to predict the output. In an increasing number of fields, we realize that these rules learned by the machine are much better than the rules we humans can come up with. What is regression analysis? It's an uncomplicated form of supervised machine learning that generates an algorithm to describe a relationship between multiple variables and an outcome of interest. Stepwise models automatically add or remove variables based on the strength of their association with the outcome variable until a significant model is developed or learned. The next level of complexity is support vector machines. Whereas regression analysis may identify linear associations, support vector machines provide nonlinear models by defining planes in higher dimension that best separate out features into groups that predict certain outcomes. What are random forests? Random forests identify the best cut point values in different features of individual groups of related data to be able to separate them out to predict a particular outcome. What are neural networks? Features are fed through a, a nodal network of decision points meant to mimic human neural processing. What are convoluted neural networks? A multi-neared network often applied to image processing, simulating some of the properties of the human visual cortex. A mathematical model is used to pass on results to successive layers. Regression analysis, support vector machines, random forests, Neural networks, convoluted neural networks, and deep learning are examples of supervised learning. There are broadly two possible ways for a computer to learn, either unsupervised in which pattern recognition is allowed to develop freely within the data supplied, or the program can be supervised to look for patterns of data that fit a particular outcome of interest. In supervised learning, there is an iterative analysis of data with individual features selected, processed, and weighted to identify the best combination to fit the outcome of interest. In unsupervised learning, the program is not trying to fit the data to an outcome, but instead is just trying to identify any potential consistent patterns in the data. 
and the approaches include principal component analysis and cluster analysis approaches which includes a vast diversity of algorithms including k-means clustering. The choice of cluster analysis not only depends on the data and the intended use of the results but also the domain knowledge of the researcher which can introduce subjectivity. Newer techniques of clustering have recently involved for understanding the similarities between patients. Examples of unsupervised learning include principal component analysis, hierarchical clustering, example agglomerative hierarchical clustering and divisive hierarchical clustering, partition algorithms, for example k-means clustering, model-based clustering, example expectation maximization algorithm, grid-based algorithms, example statistical information grid-based clustering or STING, OptiGrid, Wave Cluster, Grid Class, and GDILC. Density-based spatial clustering of applications with noise is also unsupervised clustering. What is principal component analysis? It is a simple form of unsupervised learning in which the features that account for the most variation in a dataset can be identified. What is hierarchical clustering? It creates a hierarchical decomposition of the data based on similarity with another cluster by aggregating them. This is known as an agglomerative approach or by dividing them as it moves down in hierarchy and this is known as a divisive approach. The strengths of hierarchical clustering is easy comprehension and illustration using dendrograms which are insensitive to outliers. The difficulty is Arbitrary metric and linkage criteria does not work with missing data, may lead to misinterpretation of the dendrogram and difficulty finding an optimal solution. What is partitioning algorithms, example k-means clustering? It's a form of cluster analysis that identifies degrees of separation of different features within a data set and tries to find groupings in which features are most differentiated. It does this by defining similarity on the basis of proximity to the centroid that is mean median or medioid of the cluster. The algorithm modulates the data to build the cluster iteratively evaluating the distance from the centroid. What are the strengths of partitioning algorithms? Simple and easy to implement, easy to interpret, fast and efficient, has remained relatively underutilized in imaging despite its simplicity in implementation and interpretation. What are the difficulties of partitioning algorithms? Uniform cluster size may work poorly with different densities of clusters and difficult to find K and sensitive to outliers. The next definition is model-based clustering, example expectation maximization algorithm. The clustering algorithm makes a general assumption that data in each cluster is generated from probabilistic, primarily Gaussian models. The strengths, distributional description for components possible to assess cluster within clusters can make inference about the number of clusters. What are grid-based algorithms? Example, statistical information, grid-based clustering, Sting, OptiGrid, WaveCluster, GridClass, and GDILC. The strengths 
can work on large multi-dimensional spaces, reduction in computational complexity, data space partition to finite cells to form grid structure. What are the difficulties? Difficult to handle irregular data distributions, limited by predefined cell sizes, borders, and density threshold, difficult to cluster high dimensional data. What are the strengths and weaknesses of density-based spatial clustering of applications with noise? Strengths does not require a number of clusters, can find clusters of arbitrary shapes, robust to outliers. What are the difficulties? Not deterministic, quality depends on distance measure, cannot handle large differences of densities. Machine learning, therefore, is a natural extension of traditional statistical approaches. The central promise of machine learning is to incorporate data from a variety of sources, such as clinical measurements and observations, biological, such omics, experimental results, environmental information, and data from variable de devices into sensible models for describing and predicting human disease. The typical machine learning workflow begins with data acquisition, proceeds to feature engineering, and then to algorithm selection and model development. And finally, results in model evaluation and application. Data acquisition is from several data sources, including experimental, such as cell lines, animal models, histology, and clinical trials. Environmental data, such as weather, air quality, toxins, pollutants, and census data. Biological data such as genome, gene expression, protein expression, epigenome, and microbiome. And from clinical data, including family history, vital signs, lab tests, medications, disease history, surgical history, cl and clinician notes. It also incorporates data from variables such as smartphone apps, biomedical devices, fitness devices, biosensors, LVADs. This data then proceeds to feature engineering, which involves formatting, cleaning, normalization, scaling, unsupervised learning, and deep learning. The next step includes algorithm selection, which involves techniques such as regression, decision trees, support vector machines, neural networks, and deep learning. A conglomeration of all these methods is known as ensemble methods. And finally, it results in model development from new observations. And model development includes the following main uh, steps, parameter tuning, feature selection, and error analysis. And the final step inclu includes model evaluation and prediction. And this includes optimization, cross-validation, and decision process. It's back and forth between model development and model evaluation and model prediction and model application. Once again, the machine learning spectrum spans from human decision-making to more complex machine decision-making from regression analysis to random forest to convolutional neural networks and generative adversarial networks, which is probably the most complicated computational technique as of now. Deep learning approaches grew from research on artificial neurons 
which were first proposed in 1943 as a model for how neurons in a biological brain process information. In neural networks, inputs are fed into the input layer, which feeds into one or more hidden layers, which eventually link to an output layer. A layer consists of a set of nodes, sometimes called features or units, which are connected via edges to the immediately earlier and the immediately deeper layers. In some special neural network architectures, nodes can connect to themselves with a delay. The nodes of the input layer generally consist of the variables being measured in the data set of interest. For example, each node could represent the intensity value of a specific pixel in an image or the expression level of a gene in a specific transcriptomic experiment. The neural networks used for deep learning have multiple hidden layers. Each layer essentially performs feature construction for the layers before it. The training process used often allows layers deeper in the network to contribute to the refinement of earlier layers. For this reason, these algorithms can automatically engineer features that are suitable for many tasks and customize these features for one or more specific tasks. Deep learning does many of these same things as more familiar machine learning approaches. In particular, deep learning approaches can be used both in supervised applications where the goal is to accurately predict one or more labels or outcomes associated with each data point in the place of regression approaches, as well as in unsupervised or exploratory applications, where the goal is to summarize, explain, or identify interesting patterns in a data set as a form of clustering. Deep learning methods may in fact combine both of these steps. The basic deep neural network architecture is like a club sandwich turned on its side with an input layer, a number of hidden layers ranging from 5 to 1000, each responding to different features of the image and an output layer. The layers are neurons comprising a neural network, even though there is little to support of the notion that these artificial neurons function similar to human neurons. A key differentiating feature of deep learning compared to other subtypes of artificial intelligence is its autodidactic quality. The neural network is not designed by humans, but rather the number of layers is determined by the data itself. Image and speech recognition have primarily used supervised learning with training from known patterns and labeled output data, commonly referred to as ground truths. Learning from unknown patterns without labeled input data or, or unsupervised learning has very rarely been applied to date. There are many different types of deep neural networks and learning including convolutional, recurrent, generative, adversarial, transfer, reinforcement, representation, and transfer. Deep learning algorithms have been a backbone of computer performance that exceeds human ability. A major limitation to interpretation of claims reporting supra-human performance of these algorithms is that analytics are performed on previously generated data in silico, not prospectively in real-world clinical conditions. Furthermore, 
the lack of large data sets of carefully annotated images, for example, have been limiting across various disciplines in medicine. Ironically, to compensate for this deficiency, generative adversarial networks have been used to synthetically produce large image datasets at high resolution, including mammograms, skin lesions, echocardiograms, and brain and retina scans that could be used to help train deep neural networks. Neural networks come in many forms. There are various types of nodes, including input node, hidden node, output node, output node with match input, and edges connecting nodes in different layers or creating cycles within layers which correspond to inputs to mathematical functions. The simple feedforward neural network in which inputs are connected via some function to an output node and the model is trained to produce some output for a set of inputs. This is the FFNN or the feedforward neural network. In the MLP or the multi-layer perception is a feedforward neural network in which there is at least one hidden layer between the input and the output nodes. In the convolutional neural network, it is a feedforward ne neural network in which the inputs are grouped spatially into hidden nodes. In the case of this example, each input node is only connected to hidden nodes alongside their neighboring input node. The autoencoder is a type of multi-layer perception in which the neural network is trained to produce an output that matches the input to the network. The RNN or a deep recurrent neural network is used to allow the neural network to retain memory over time or sequential inputs. If data have natural adjacency structure, a convolutional neural network can take advantage of that structure by emphasizing local relationships, especially when convolutional layers are used in early layers of the neural network. Other neural network architectures, such as autoencoders, require no labels and are now regularly used for unsupervised tasks. It is important to note that these new algorithmic decision-making tools come with no guarantees of fairness, equitability, or even veracity. And it's also important to remember even the best machine learning algorithms, the maxim of garbage in and garbage out remains true. Whether an algorithm is high or low in machine learning spectrum, the best analytic practices must be used to ensure that the end result is robust and valid particularly in healthcare, because these algorithms have the potential to affect lives of millions of patients. The key distinction between traditional statistical approaches and machine learning is that in machine learning, a model learns from examples rather than being programmed with rules. For a given task, examples are provided in the form of inputs called features and outputs called labels. For instance, digitized Slides read by pathologists are converted to features, that is pixels of the slides and labels, example information indicating that slide contains evidence of changes indicating cancer. Using algorithms for learning from observations, computers then determine how to perform the mapping 
from features to labels in order to create a model that will generalize the information such that a task can be performed correctly with the new, never seen before inputs. Example, pathology slides that have not been read by a human. This is supervised machine learning. In deep learning algorithms, artificial neural networks can learn extremely complex relationships between features and labels and have been shown to exceed human abilities in performing tasks such as classification of images and are well suited to learn more complex and heterogeneous kinds of data that are generated from modern clinical care, including medical notes, medical images, continuous monitoring data from sensors and genomic data to, to help make medically relevant predictions. There's a key difference between human learning and machine learning is that humans can learn to make general and complex associations from small amount of data. For example, a small child does not need to see many examples of a cat to differentiate it from a cheetah or a lion. Machines in general require many more examples than humans to learn the same task and the machines are not endowed with the same common sense. However, the flip side is they can learn from massive amounts of data. It is perfectly feasible for a machine learning model to be trained with the use of tens of millions of patient charts stored in electronic health records with hundreds of billions of data points without any lapses of attention, whereas it's very difficult for a human physician to see more than a few tens of thousands of patients in an entire career. Recommended reading includes the book AIQ, How People and Machines Are Smarter Together, authored by Dr. Nick Paulson and James Scott. Another book is Deep Medicine, How Artificial Intelligence Can Make Healthcare Human Again by Dr. Eric Topol and A Machine Intelligence Primer for Clinicians by Dr. Alexander Scarlett, MD.